0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer,
1: looking to sell everybody price dependent,
0: Dan LaMagna,
1: too much dysfunction in Cleveland,
0: and Mitch Sorensen.
1: Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another live episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club, and of course, I am joined by Cowboys Claws over there. Dan Lamania, that is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. He's got his Cowboys Christmas hat locked and loaded. What's going on, Dan?
0: You know I'm pumped, man. It's like I tell my kids, it's like three sleeps to Christmas. <laughs> what I really am translating is it's three sleeps to championship week and in, in dynasty fantasy football. So we're pumped. And then it's cowboys eagles. You know, for us cowboy fans, that is the Super Bowl every year. And then uh, you know, you guys saw me post on Twitter there, man. The Des Hardman, Uncle Lenny, Trifecta, and then now you got me doing startup homework. So let's go. Startup homework,
1: early off-season processes and some players that we're looking at. We want to get ahead of the curve because if we start talking about all of this in February, March, April, everybody's been talking about it already. So we want to get ahead of that. And we're also joined, I think that's a new haircut, but we are joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's going on, Mitch? What's going on?
2: No, like, so my hair, I had the whole neck beard thing going for a while. Hair was undone, but our dynasty season starts now. So you had to go with the clean shave, get right. the beard trimmed up, and I'm ready to go. I mean, I'm going to hear a lot of podcasts saying, hey, we're going to take the next three weeks off. We're going to play it slow. We're going to take a break. Not here on theory. On theory, we look at it as the season's just starting.
1: And I do want to say, and that's a really good point, Mitch, before we really get into the show, and you see all kinds of tweets about this. Troy King had a tweet. He's always, you know, pumping out content on Twitter, but basically if you need to refuel, if you need to take a break, it's going to be different for every single person. For me, like you said, Mitch and, and Dan, I've been getting,
0: sorry, I wasn't was listening to Mitch's advice there. Nah, I had YouTube, live. I was like,
1: wait a minute. That sounds like Mitch. That's not me getting <laughs> feedback. Oh, man, a little uh, technical difficulty there. But anyway, it's going to be different for every single person. Now, for me, I am hyped. I am jacked. I'm ready to transition to the offseason. Of course, after I win a few championships, hopefully a few. But if if you're somebody that's been grinding all season and you need to refuel and recharge, by all means, take some time off. And we're going to see that across many dynasty leagues. Now, some people, they take off until rookie drafts. And I that's not my cup of tea. But if that works for you, if it's worked for you in the past, stick with it. But if you're looking to get right into off-season content, Dynasty Theory is here to have you covered. This week's episode is brought to you by MyFrontPageStory.com. This is the best, most unique holiday gift ever, especially this year during the pandemic. Seriously, you don't even have to leave your house. It's done over the phone. You talk to a professional writer about a loved one for about 10 to 15 minutes, and the MyFrontPageStory.com writer will write the most incredible story about them. There's something truly amazing about saying to somebody, I wanted to do something special for you this year, so I had a story written about you. The story looks like it's on the front page of the newspaper, framed and a lifetime keepsake they will put up in their house immediately. It's incredibly emotional for them when they read quotes from you in print that say things like, I can never thank her enough, or I wouldn't be the person I am today without her. It just hits differently when they read it in print. Bottom line, your loved one will cry happy tears and you'll win. I know Dan got a few of these for loved ones for Mother's Day, and they absolutely loved it. Dan hasn't stopped raving about it since. Go over to MyFrontPageStory.com. Make sure you use code THEORY20. Again, that's THEORY20 for 20% off. MyFrontPageStory.com. Use code THEORY20. Check out what they have to offer. You're going to love it. And we're going to start right now. So uh, on the show notes, some players that we're looking to acquire, some players that we're looking to move as soon as trade deadlines are, are over and trading opens back up. And I know what you're thinking if you're watching live, if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. John, there shouldn't be a trade deadline. And that's not what the point is, because I completely agree. Dan, you agree. Mitch, you agree. We want to see moves happening all season long. But unfortunately, the fact of the matter is there are trade deadlines in leagues. And after week 16... The trade deadline is lifted and we can start to trade again. We can start to see some more activity. So Mitch, just before we get into specific players, are there any kind of processes that you have in place, whether it's roster evaluation, types of players you're looking to acquire or players that you're looking to dump? But again, not naming specific players. We'll get to that eventually.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at players that have a lot of varying opinions on their values, like someone, I mean, James Robinson's talked about every week on every podcast, and that's because some people have him high. Some people aren't willing to get him. Um, there's guys like Kenny Galladay who've been injured for all season, and people could value him in different places. So while I have my tier set up, I could go and I could offer out a trade for whichever player. And if I get a response back saying like, you know, I'm not as high on him, then I'll know moving f- forward. So one thing I'm doing is I'm trying to hit all those guys to where, People could be really low on him and I'm still higher or vice versa.
1: And then, like I said, it it gets a little frustrating at times as dynasty managers because there are leagues where people are completely incommunicado, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's leagues. We always talk about Scott Fish and the safe leagues because all three of us take part in so many. But until you pay for the next season, you don't have trading rights. And again, there's nothing worse than looking through your, your teammates' lineups and you're like, oh, I want player X. And you go to offer a trade and it says, this manager does not have trading mm-hmm. rights. But I love that. The, the players with projected volatility in their values and players where we're looking on it in on, you know, different ends of the spectrum. Dan, overall, what are you doing? Because you said, I put you to work today and you're going through your rosters. You're going through all of them. And you're trying to figure out what types of
0: players you're looking to make moves for. You know, for our listeners, you know, for those that are, you know, that I know we have like a good portion of our listeners that are like, all right, man, JB, Mitch, they're they're throwing out content. It's early. They're pumped. I'm sure there's a small portion of our listeners that's like, man, it's, it's, it's championship week, right? Like this season's not over, you know, so I, I could probably empathize a little bit more. I think it was an off season ago that I think it was right before the draft, maybe that I had my like earliest rankings ever in my fantasy history life. And I was all proud. And then, you know, this week I was like that employee that was going on vacation. And then John, my supervisor, said, "Um, no, I can't approve that. So last night I am going through all my dynasty rosters, seeing, you know, like the strength of the teams there. And to answer your question, John, uh, basically right now it's I'm reviewing my rosters. I'm looking at finding some conviction early, you know, based on organizational certainty you know what teams this year do I think are trending in the right direction minus the defu- dysfunction in trying to find that conviction in players that I'm gonna go after early you know there's some leagues that we still can pick up free agents in you know if there's some young players now that like say if my rosters that are out of contention too I want to cut some dead weight you know I don't need 99 year old Jason Witten or Greg Olson anymore so I might pick up a, a young guy with upside and just make sure my rosters are strong and start targeting players
1: I'm really glad you brought that up. Waivers are about to close in a lot of leagues because mm-hmm. there's that stretch they shut down after the regular season. And it's different league to league. But typically, and Mitch, how do you do your leagues that you commission?
2: Um, the waivers it, don't start up again until the rookie drafted most of them.
1: Okay. And and again, that's why I leave all this to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this stuff. I I, I I bark the orders to Mitch. I say, Mitch, start a new league this week. I need, I need to, to feed my my need to draft here. And and he usually he does. I think there was some pushback last season. If I remember like a week ago, there was some pushback. You're wanting to start another league. I'm like, no, (laughs) dude, just give me a couple weeks. But what Dan said, I really like that because it's the last waiver run of the season and I'm going through and I'm seeing guys in the waivers like Johnson Guyton out in for the Los Angeles chargers. Are they a long-term option? Maybe, maybe not. But if I have even in super flex like a Jake Luton and I have him on a ton of rosters because I scooped him up as a free agent or a waiver acquisition in the middle of the season, I highly doubt he's going to have any type of value increase as the offseason goes. I, I would be shocked. So players like that, players like a Jason Witten, maybe, you know, not necessarily a Jimmy Graham, just because if it's a tight end premium league now, typical PPR, I think you could dump him. But It's going to be different roster to roster. And Dan, I think you have something else.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned two different types of leagues. You know, the leagues that we're in that, you know, Mitch or one of our close friends in the dynasty community are commissioning, those leagues seem to be deeper. And I looked at the waiver wires and there's like, there's nobody there. Like we were on it week in and week out. But the Scott Fish leagues that we love so much as well that we're in a share of them, I'm looking at them tonight and I'm thinking, I don't need Chase Daniels, who I picked up last week to kind of block somebody. I don't need him anymore, you know, whether I'm playing mm-hmm. for the third place game or I'm out or I just don't need him right there. I might go after a guy in who in those leagues. There are some younger upside guys that might have a chance, depending on how the offseason plays out.
2: John I've Ross seen- was actually a big pickup this past week. I mean, everyone was picking him up and I'm like, that was a really good, smart move by people.
1: And if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. So we're not saying, oh, these are the waiver wire gems that going into week 16 that are really going to boom in the future. But there has to be some type of upside for these players we're stashing and a, a Chase Daniel, a uh, like Jason Witten. Like you said, they're not players that offer upside. You know, we talked about any a Ty Johnson, maybe even if he's out there on some waiver wires, if I have to choose between him and Frank Gore at the bottom of my roster throughout the offseason, Frank Gore, you can cut a player like that. So it's being smart with the bottom of your roster there. Um you know, so I, I think it's critical to to look at that. And for early offseason processes, a lot of it at this point now, I mean, especially once we really hit the offseason after the NFL playoffs, it's all speculation. Mm-hmm. And the player that I kind of compare this to and I use as an example, and Dan, you were on this last offseason, and Mitch, you started to come around, but Derek Carr, and that's the example I always throw out there, This time last year, people were wondering if he was going to be the quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders in 2020, and we saw his value take a hit. But again, depending on what side of the, the speculation you're on and what you truly believe in, you can take advantage of those swinging values. And Kenny Galladay, Mitch, you brought him up. We see that all the time, too, with impending free agents, especially wide receivers going into 2019 Tyrell Williams. That's my example. And then he went to the Raiders. But when there was that unknown, people thought he could land in a very good situation and really have an impact going into 2019. I was able to move him for early seconds in some situations. And that was a move that I was able to make staying ahead of the values, because if you waited for him to go to the Raiders, which we didn't know was going to be the Raiders at that time, but if you waited, you're not going to get an early second. There's absolutely no way. But then there's times that we miss. Damien Williams. That's an example. And, you know, every every year it seems like there's one of those running backs that, man, just very upsetting. And they're not going to get the invite to Christmas dinner. I can tell you that. So, uh, Dan, any other thoughts here before we kind of transition into specific players that targets one way or the other before everybody else is catching up?
0: No, I'm just with you. You know, certain guys aren't getting Christmas cards next year, you know, specifically Eric Ebron and Tyler Boyd after, you know, leaving that game. I hope they're healthy. God bless them. You know, I, I wish no will ill, but needing 19 points in a, in a league and them not playing, it kind of stung John. No Christmas cards next year.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I I'm sure one we've all league. got our stories, right?
1: Yeah. You know. I had one league where Tyler Boyd, I, I needed 10 points. And as soon as he got hit in our Patreon Discord chat, I, I said that's a concussion. And it was like you said, hopefully they're okay, but disappointing from a fantasy aspect, but moving to potential moves. And again, you might be listening to this and we name a player and you're like, uh, no, I see the situation going quite differently than what you guys are saying. But again, it's having that conviction that Dan talked about and sticking with it. Are you going to be right at times? Yes. Are you going to miss at times? Yes. But Mitch, who's a player, and you know, one way or the other, whether you're looking to acquire them, whether you're looking to move them, but these are early off-season moves because we see a shift in perceived value.
2: So I have a few other guys to mention, but I think the first one, and I think he's the guy that we're going to see the biggest range from in startups for the next few months, and it's Ezekiel Elliott. I can really see him in startup value going from the second, and I can see him dropping all the way to the fifth. And I wouldn't blame anybody to seeing that happen with fifth round. There's no, no way he slips to just, the fifth round. At least the in a 12 team league, I could see it happening. Just Pollard's going off. There's enough hate behind him to where I could see him dropping that far. A lot of people don't have him in the top 12 running backs right now. If you add in what 12, 15 quarterbacks and super flex, you add in that many wide receivers another 10 running backs on top, you're into the fourth round at that point already. And I think I, there's I, a
1: good chance to not see him go that. I wouldn't be surprised in the third. Honestly, I think there are leagues that he will slip to the third I but mean, then Jobs you... past the third in most leagues. You think so? I do. I really, really do. All right. Now. So you, uh, you have Mitch, who's not necessarily hating on Ezekiel Elliott, but the way the market has shifted on him. Mm-hmm. And again, if Dak Prescott never got injured, are we having this conversation? Probably not.
0: I don't know Pro- though because because their their offensive line has had ish, has never been fixed all season. Now they had some some marginal improvements, you know, after their bye week, and they 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 played decent in recent weeks. But that's benefited the pass game more than it has the run game. Like even Pollard's big run, he had to break like f- four or five tackles to get that big run. He, he had a battle all day. So JB, I, I think if Dak plays. I think that offense is better because of his mobility, but I don't know if that run game necessarily got fixed this season.
1: But are we talking about Ezekiel Elliott even dropping to the third if Dak played that entire season? I don't think so. Sorry, Dan. Now to clarify, Mitch, I, I can agree that he is going to drop in startups and off-season trade value. I have him in a few leagues. I'm not even going to look to trade him. I don't think there's any point, but is that how you're valuing him or looking at your tiers? Where do you have him? So is it fourth? Is he's the guy
2: startup value? I'm not going to trade him just like you mentioned him now, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to throw some shots out. That be like, Hey, are you trying to move him? Maybe I can move someone like Antonio Gibson for Zeke, which I think could easily happen. I, I would still take Zeke, that. but like in my tears, I have Gibson still well below Zeke. Or someone like Joe Mixon.
1: People might have that's another polarizing one.
2: Right. If people have Joe Mixon above Zeke, I'm more than happy to trade my Mixon share and to get Zeke.
0: You know, I think it's interesting because I know this is probably gonna change. I don't know how many times between now and next season. Early on, we're gonna have being some startups early. I think Mitch is insightful and seeing Zeke slide. I think I side a little more with John that I don't think it's as extreme just based on name value and the potential of next year with, with, with Dallas um, for, you know, for me, I mean, he made my list too, looking at the show notes, Mitch, I think we were both similar there. You know, I went down my up and down my rosters and kind of find some common denominators of some guys I may have had, or maybe high on that, you know, I, I think I was too high on or I have too many shares with Zeke. If I don't have Tony Pollard on my roster, I'm going to see if I can move him. you know, and and I started that weeks ago when I saw Dallas' Dallas's O-line just mm-hmm. fall in, in shambles. But if I have Pollard, I'm going to enjoy that two-trick pony man going into next season. Hope Dallas improves that offensive line. And, you know, I don't know what has to happen with Zeke in the offseason. Part of me thinks it's conditioning in, in some capacity because he doesn't look, like, bad for four or five yards. Like, he's hitting the hole. He's, get, he's moving the chains a little bit. But I just haven't seen the explosive plays all year. And I, I just find it hard to believe that he doesn't have that in him anymore. He's still young enough to to be productive and healthy enough. I mean, there's no injuries we know of unless they're hiding. I mean, now there is in recent weeks. But, you know, is that something maybe that was lingering longer? Kind of like Amari Cooper last year who was playing th- through something? I don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, John, let me ask you this. I don't want to spend 10 minutes on Zeke. But here, let me name some running backs and you tell me when to stop. Where do you think Zeke's actually going to go in drafts?
1: Okay, so this so, is where
2: he's actually going to go. But he will go not, above the, this player. Okay. Okay, so McCaffrey, Kamara, no. Yeah. Cook. No. Barkley, no. Swift.
1: Uh, no, Swift will go ahead of him in Dobbins. startups. Do, uh, Dobbins will go ahead of him in startups. Henry. Derek Henry will go ahead of him in startups. Jonathan Taylor. Yes. Miles Sanders. Yes. CEH. People hate him too. Yeah, he I think he has more value on the open market right now. Nick Chubbs. How many, how many Chubbs? One Chubb, yeah. two Chubbs? <laughs> he, he
2: gets all the Chubbs.
1: <laughs> well, the way he's been playing. You know, nah, I'll, I'll I'll leave that one there. Yeah. Um, Nick Nick Chubb, he'll go ahead of Zeke too. So Caremakers. I that's a, oh, that. see, I think that's it, the cutoff right there. Yeah, so okay. So running back 12 range, I think that's more than realistic in startups. Okay, let me ask you guys a question and just overall 101 102 in a superflex 12 team you're not moving that i don't oh. think you're going to move 103 i don't think you're going to move 104 105 might be the tipping point 106 107
2: probably yeah
1: okay so here's what i'm going to say from now until maybe april i think and you can go on like the dlf trade finder you're going to see very few moves involving zeke just because that that buy and sell value it it is not going to line up. So enough about Zeke. I, I feel like he always creeps into the show, but he's he's such a polarizing player at this point because of production, the age cliff coming up for the running back position. Dan, who's a player one way or the other that you're looking at?
0: Yeah, my other guy, and I think he's a little bit in your notes too, but he's a guy that I have a ton of shares. I spoke to infinity and beyond on this show about was Marquise Hollywood Brown.
1: Listen, so, I, listen uh, please don't say to infinity and beyond. I'm not kidding. For my son, we, uh, this is not a joke. We have Toy Story 1, 2, 3, and 4 on loop pretty much every day. So please do not say to
0: infinity and beyond. Anyway, go. This, this was John's outlet tonight, this show. I've ruined it for him. I apologize. But, uh, you know, I, I'll give you the boy, John. You were definitely right on Mr. Hollywood Brown. And I'm not saying I don't like him. And it's kind of in the same breath of Zeke. It's just one of those things where he's not where he was in my eyes. You know, I don't see him being a wide receiver one anymore. I do see him being a, you know, a nice boomer bus guy that's going to have some big games because he does have some explosive ability. But I think Baltimore has to find a number one and make him the number two receiver on that team. So I'm, I'm hoping there's some Ravens fans out there that love his youth and his upside and he's going to make a couple big splashy plays down the stretch. I'm looking to move him because I just don't see him as that wide receiver one that I once viewed him as potentially being.
1: Now I had him on my list. And Mitch, was this your comment? Damn, you hate Hollywood. Yep, sure was. Now, this is easy for me to say uh, that I would look to move Hollywood because I don't have one share. And as I am contra- contractually obligated to only say nice things about him now because he helped me out in the football guys, FFPC league. But he's wide receiver 17 since week 11. He has been extremely productive. Yes, there have been drops. But if he's going to get the targets, we don't necessarily care about the drops as much. And we can look at players like Amari Cooper. Dan, I know you've been hearing about his drops. Easy, For- easy. I know, I know. But then Julio Jones, he's suffered. Devontae Adams, he suffered historically from drops. And that can change. So if you're going to the targets, I don't care. My big concern is we know about the, the volume of passing attempts in that offense. And we've seen, especially in recent weeks, jk dobbins really start to excel mark ingram healthy scratch he didn't play here in week 15 and it's the dobbins and gus edwards show gus he's a restricted free agent but anyway i do see them potentially And i've seen some mocks and some people that really focus on the actual nfl draft with the baltimore ravens potentially targeting a wide receiver with the 18th overall pick now i'm not saying that's gonna happen or it's not but If we can, you know, the point of talking about these players now is before this speculation and rumors pick up because we know anything we hear during the offseason, especially once the offseason progresses, because we're itching for any type of new information, it is going to have an impact on their value. And that's one thing that leading up to the NFL draft could completely derail any trade value for Hollywood Brown. And if they actually do take a wide receiver his value is going to plummet.
0: Yeah, there's a good point, JB. And that's why I want to make those moves now. That would be one of my earlier moves I'm looking to make. And as, as I said, looking at NFL rosters, I'm kind of trying to project out. You mentioned that volume that he still has now. That's why I haven't given up on him late this season. You know, Trace McSorley, you know, re, it was a rebirth of showing how to throw the ball to Marquise Brown. And then Lamar watched and, and then he followed suit. But part of that volume this year is there's no one else to throw to. You know, I mean, there's Andrews when he's when he's when he's been healthy, but come on, Willie Sneed. I mean, I know there's the rebirth of my boy Dez, but they're, they're really limited. You know, Boykin, I think's average, Duvernay is I think kind of a gadget guy. They're, they're just limited outside of their main two.
1: Mitch, there are some leagues, and this is just gonna be an abrupt transition because we do have a lot of guys we want to get through. And every week I sit here and think, ah, this will be a nice 35, 40 minute show. And then I look. We get through two players. It's 23 minutes in already. Some people say I ramble. I don't know if that's true, but Mitch, uh, there's some players that you're looking at because there are no trade deadlines. Mm-hmm. So you're you're in a championship game. You're, I've seen you go both ways on this one player in particular. You've I've seen you try to acquire him, and I've seen you try to move him. Lev Bell. It's
2: it's the injury this week. They get Atlanta. Like if you're in a championship game, I mean, he's the running back I want to go and get. I've tried. I've been declined in every league that I've tried. I've thought I sent good offers. Maybe they weren't good enough. And the other one is Daryl Henderson, because we know Akers is going to be out. Henderson has the potential to get another 20 carries against the Seahawks this week. And so those are the two guys to where, I mean, wide receivers, More than likely, if you're in the championship game, you're fine at wide receiver. You're probably fine at quarterback. You probably have Kelsey at tight end. If not, you have Waller. So you're probably just looking for someone who could help you as a running back. So those are the two guys. And they're probably the only two guys I'm really looking
1: at trying to get this week. And they could work both ways. Like you said, maybe you do if you're in a championship game. And you have a Cam Akers or you even have a James Robinson who is questionable at this point after that injury there in the second half. I think it was the second half of week 15, but you're looking to solidify that running back room. Maybe you do overpay a little bit to make sure you have everything lined up. But then this is the the time to cash out and it's not any either of those players. But I made a trade. I am out of the playoffs. I lost in the semifinals, and the person I lost in the semifinals came to me. I have Nick Chubb. He's look, this guy's looking for a championship, and I don't blame him at all. He offered me Saquon Barkley for Nick Chubb. I'm going to Verizon tomorrow to get a new phone because Very nice. I broke it. But it, but I can. <laughs> I, I, but I joke. But honestly, that is why I love no trade deadline because it can help. Build parity within a league, and you're allowing teams that are out, such as myself, in that situation, get a Saquon Barkley. Who I know once the season's over, that injury, the value is going to shift a little bit. We know Nick Chubb's still not being utilized in the passing game. So I like that trade for me. I liked it for him. I think he's going to take the championship this season, and hopefully I can bounce back there. But you know, just a few players there that you're looking at here in week 16, keep making moves. You know, uh, one patron that we have, TJ, he is constantly making moves and he shared some trades. He won a semifinal matchup specifically because he traded for Mark Andrews in a tight end premium league last week. He had Mike Kosicki. He was out. He added to Mike Kosicki, and I can't remember, but value-wise it was an overpay, but he won because he made that move. If he didn't make the move, he was going to lose. So it, it comes down to situations like that. But back to our trade deadline moves that we're looking to get out ahead of Dan who else do you have
0: there's like a short list here and I think from the running back position there's two guys that I mentioned in I think last week's show to, to some point there guys I just love watching run this is the coach Dan and me coming out and, and I know there's some deficiencies you mentioned Nick Chubb in the in the passing game it's not all there but just talent wise man like guys that aren't at that level of CMC Cook Kamara. uh you know the the big dogs, the the rookies with all the hype. I love Nick Chubb and David Montgomery at this point in the year. Just solid, bell cow, tough backs that I think their teams are going to build around. Uh, durable, reliable, solid fantasy producers that I think there's just a window that you could attain them. Unlike those upper echelon running backs that you can't have. So I'm going to start with Nick Chubb and David Montgomery. They're my, you know, on those rosters where I want to improve the running back situation and get a guy that I think is kind of an anchor guy. There would be two of that. I would be targeting.
1: I love that you brought up David Montgomery, because if you look at it and the stretch he's had, and you can point to the fact that Tariq Cohen's out the schedule being much easier than it was at the beginning of the season. All true. I'm not arguing that everybody knows. I love David Montgomery. I acquired him. I have like 35% roster ship, my most roster running back. But the fact that you're saying he is attainable, I think a lot of that early in the offseason is going to be pointing to the fact that everybody's going to have him as a sell. I think everybody. We're already starting to see it As, as soon as this season ends. And once a player, if everybody is touting a player as a sell, at some point, I think they become a buy.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think he capitalized off of that. Yeah, he played that soft schedule at the end, and it's the Bears. And But, like, I just think of how much film I've watched on this guy, whether it's those, you know, just YouTube Instagram clips that we see or Twitter clips, uh going back to last year to, you know, just at every point in time, he is a hard-nosed, tough runner, man. And on a limited team – he, he's coming around and I just listened to the way the coaches speak about him and his teammates of how hard he works. And like everybody's buying into David Montgomery in Chicago. So why shouldn't we in fantasy football?
1: Mitch, what are your thoughts here? Because I know typically we get to the off season. It's sell running backs, sell running
2: backs. Sadly, I think I might actually be on the, this might be the high point to sell David Montgomery in his career. All right. I have to find uh, Let me Where Can I boot? You guys know, I love him. I have him on a lot of teams. My, a lot of my championship teams have David Montgomery on him right now, but it is true. He did have the schedule that's helping him out now, but we knew that that's why we went and paid for him in the off season. We knew this was coming up, but I think Tariq Cohen being out is a really big deal. That is helping him get 20% more steps than what he would get. Otherwise, and when Tariq Cohen's on the field, we know if it's if the Chicago Bears are down by nine with five minutes left in the game, David Montgomery isn't going to see a lot of playing time. Tariq Cohen will be on the field. And I think that's just something that is more than likely going to happen. And so that's my one thing. I think David Montgomery kind of had the perfect storm. Great schedule. I mean, he's playing awesome. He's scoring a lot of fantasy points. Maybe now is the time to trade him. I'm not saying trade him for a random draft pick. I'm saying, right. try to get good
1: talent for him. And I think it would be a decent move to make. Now. Here's my only issue with that. I don't know what you're getting in return because, you know, let's say I'm looking at thinking about my running back tiers, And I believe I have him in that 17 to 20, 20 range for running backs in dynasty. I don't know if you could even get that. I, I really don't, and I, that's going to be my concern and why I think I'm going to have a lot of those shares going into
0: 2021. I, th- I think to Mitch's point, you know, there is you, you got to level expectations. Tariq Cohen's a big factor why he's getting the the catches and the extra work and the volume. They have no depth at running back to to have any confidence, I think, to have anyone else out there to spell him. Um, but to Mitch's point is that's why I think I could attain him. Now, I'm not obtaining him thinking he's going to be the next – you know, big guy in that upper echelon. I'm just thinking, you know what, I've got some maybe wide receiver depth and can move a Will Fuller type or someone that Mitch's roster needs because he's willing to trade Montgomery where I know I can't get those other running backs. So I, I think he's more of a win-win, each team help each other, but you could obtain them and fix a running back situation.
2: Yeah, I don't think you could go running back for running back with him. What if you go him for Terry McLaurin?
1: I think a lot of people would take Terry McLaurin there. Yeah, yeah that's I a mean, little, I little think too it's high like ceiling him there, McLaurin. Or-
2: T Higgins you know what I mean just kind of that type of wide receiver I think you can make that move and it might be the time to do it I'm not saying go out and trade him you know he's a must sell I'm just saying reach out maybe someone is willing to overpay for that running back because they don't have any because everybody was injured and they have Todd Gurley on their team and Todd Gurley might not be in the NFL next year sort of thing
1: Right. Now I'm, I'm looking through our chat very quickly and there were a few questions that came in Mm -hmm. and I always want to spend some time on that, but let's get through this one quickly because we talked about this. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Everything's blending together. I five months ago seems like yesterday. Yesterday seems like five months ago at times, but Owen says, what would you pay for Carson Wentz currently? We kind of talked about this. I would mid to late second is all I would pay right now. Same. And we we really hit on that. Uh, I think it was last week. Now, Dan from Dante hurts long term dynasty option. Where does he rank amongst QBs? I know where I, I have in my tears very quickly. Has he shifted all over the last two weeks for you? Because again, we talked about him. I think last week.
0: He has. You know, if you go back to last week's episode, we covered it of last week being a big week for Jalen Hurts. We, we needed a little larger sample size. We want to see how he responded to a team that had time to prepare for him on film. And boy, did he respond versus Arizona. He had that same rushing upside, but he threw the ball for over 300 yards as well, and an incredible shootout of a game. So he's got momentum right and high. Carson Wentz says. For Adam Schefter, he wants out of town potentially if he's not going to be a starting quarterback. And I don't see how the Eagles could go back if Hurts finishes this season out strong. I know they're on the hook financially, but I think they might be okay having that on their bench or trading him. So I agree with what you guys just said on Wentz, but I think that'll change if something happens in the offseason. So maybe it's a bio time hoping he goes somewhere else. But uh, Jalen Hurts, man, I'd, I'd ride the wave.
1: For me, I think I would wait until Carson Wentz it's one of the situations we always say be proactive and the whole point of tonight's episode is being ahead of the curve. But for Carson Wentz, I think I would. That's one player. I would like to see what happens first. Jalen Hurts. I have bumped him up to that Kirk Cousins Baker Mayfield tier. I, I moved him up one more. It just he has been. Much better than I anticipated over the last two weeks.
2: That's exactly where I have him too. I have him right next to Mayfield, Goff, Tannehill—just the guys that you know is going to be around for a couple years. And he looks good, you know. And week 16 this week he gets the Cowboys. Right? I'm not sure who he has week 17, but if the the Washington
1: football team—that's
2: right, that's right. So he should be fine. I mean, really, I don't see Washington being to hold him down.
0: Yeah, I think that Dallas game is going to be a shootout this week. Mm -hmm. I really do. You know, I think Dallas will come with a fight. I'm I'm nervous as a Cowboys fan because the Eagles, they have some really hot momentum and, and gave Arizona, who's a good football team, everything they can handle last weekend. So, I mean, John, there's a lot of pressure in Philadelphia right now with this guy who's going to finish out really strong and has won the whole – you know that fan base is brutal, man. I mean, they want to win, and he's done something in two weeks that Carson Wentz couldn't do all season and going back before this season is Wentz hasn't, you know, been legit in a couple of years. So Hertz is riding high, and I think you have a scrambling quarterback, too, in fantasy football. We go back to the top of our rankings. They're runners, man. They're, they're the best. So he's not at that level, but I'd, I'd, I'd take his upside in Dynasty before Kirk Cousins for sure. Baker maybe a little bit closer.
2: So while we're talking about quarterbacks, I had one I wanted to bring up and see what you guys' thoughts are on him. Sam Darnold. So before when the Jets were going to be locked into Trevor Lawrence, Sam Darnold's dynasty value dropped. I mean, it was hard to get anything for him. And I mean, I love Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is going to be a really good quarterback, but he is not the same prospect NFL-wise as Trevor Lawrence is. And so... Do I think there's a chance that a new coach coming into the Jets goes in there and sees, hey, I could work with Darnold. You give me the tackle out of Oregon. Oregon. And then you, Mm -hmm. and then Mackay Becton is the other one on the team, right? You give them those two. That is an elite offensive line for years to come. And so
1: maybe the Jets locked into that quarterback might not happen anymore. Now, Sam Donald's interesting. Like you said, get, getting sold out of Oregon, he was the winner of the the out, Is it Outland Trophy no, okay. in 2019. So the interior offensive lineman throughout the country opted out of the 2020 season due to COVID concerns, but he's still slated to be an extremely early draft pick. Jacksonville getting the first overall pick and the Jets signed to two might be the best thing for sam darnold it really could be Mm -hmm. whereas and again i always bring it up but whereas arizona got that number one pick and took kyler murray and josh rosen you know now on to his what fourth team going to the 49ers today as a basically you know backup option with the the injuries out there but this could have been the best thing so sam darnold again you have to kind of go one way or the other on the speculation. If you believe that there is a chance they either move back or they go with soul and bolster that offensive line, then Donald then possibly becomes a buy because I do think he's a good quarterback. I I, I honestly do. But again, if the new coach comes in and sees Justin Fields there Mm -hmm. and two, so you got to figure out what side of the coin you're looking at there. And it's one of those situations where if you're right in super flex leagues, you could really benefit there, Mitch or Mitch Dan. Do you have any thoughts on this?
0: Not just to Mitch's point, man. He he goes on the radar now. Um, I think there are going to be a couple of our super flex lineups that I know I'm going to roll the dice on to try to get some quarterback depth. I'm going to need it. You know, I had a couple of teams in contention that I had to make some moves and trade Dak and it, that, that broke my soul. Uh, but you know, I, I had a chance to win and I needed, I needed quarterback play. So I want to re-strengthen some of those positions and a guy like Darnold does have upside. So I think he stays on the radar. You know, I think as we progress through the startup season, what the Jets do is is going to be important because that is a very dysfunctional organization that for the first time does have a chance to right the ship by strengthening that O-line, like you said, Mitch, and getting some leadership at the head coaching position. There's some opportunities. And then Mitch- a side note, JB, the Rams are not getting a Christmas card either this week after not showing up to that game versus <laughs> That the Jets. was so bad. Yeah. Man,
1: the Steelers shouldn't get one either then. Uh, so what, one thing I want to say with Sam Darnold and Mitch, because you've incorporated the rookies into your tiers, mm-hmm. looking at the quarterbacks, it's going to be hard to find a league where a quarterback that we would have interest in in the twenty twenty one rookie class falls to let's say two hundred six. Right? Do you think right. that's fair to
2: say? Yeah, I think that's probably where the third, no, probably fourth quarterback's going to go. If I had to guess, as far as rookies go.
1: So as it stands today, with what we know, mm-hmm. with the Jets most likely getting the second overall pick and However, you feel about Sam Darnold in this situation, would you throw out a mid to late second offer for Sam Darnold and see if somebody has? You know, I just want to get rid of him. Yeah, oh, easily. But I
2: worry that there's going to be enough narrative now that the Jets are going to want to keep him that that late second isn't going to work. But I'd be willing to move an early first for him. I'm trying to think of or sorry, other... not early first. I'm sorry, early second. Oh, no, I don't know
1: why. Wow, early first, Mitch.
0: What hey. is going? here's the dynasty theory for you as you bring up now you know the Jets keeping Darnold and then one of our our listeners over there I think Jeffrey says you know that that could slide fields to teams that already have a quarterback so the Bengals would pass on them but JB you posted on Twitter this week when we talked about Carolina firing in their GM that maybe there's a little disagreement over there whether they go Bridgewater or not
1: I didn't post that on Twitter I post that in the, or in the chat, you're on exclusive Discord.
0: That is true. Yeah. Listeners are missing out, man. But Justin Fields, the Carolina, maybe. That but I, awesome. I said,
1: yeah, that's, ex- and I'm glad that you brought that up because oftentimes, and Dan, you've seen this aspect, but you have a GM ownership, the coaching staff. If they aren't aligned, typically somebody's getting bumped out of town. So, did their GM, and this is the second time Carolina's moved off from this guy. To to get fired twice from the same job, that's impressive. But Wait, maybe... I'll say
2: this real quick with the Carolina.
1: If Carolina is
2: on the clock and Justin Fields is there, as much as I love Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater will
1: not be the quarterback for the Panthers if Fields is there. Right. But but maybe their GM and is it Hurley? Is it uh what it's what's the last name? What's their their former GM now? Starts with an H. Yeah, or, I mess up. I think probably. it's Hurley, yeah. It Hurley? Anyway, you know, if he wanted to keep Bridgewater as the starting quarterback and everybody else is like, eh, I think I want to go in another direction. But, yeah, maybe maybe that was the issue. So if he drops to four, what if he's the? I mean, gosh, we're talking about like the movie Draft Day where nobody went to that poor kid's birthday party and he starts slipping down the draft board. He was supposed to be the first overall pick. And Dan and Mitch, I don't think you've seen the movie still. Nope. So I'm talking about it. Draft day every day. All right, all right. Anyway, so Sam Darnold, that that's one way or the other. But then, if you don't believe in him, if you think they still go Justin Fields, this with that narrative is the perfect time to unload him. So again, it kind of goes hand in hand. I do want to talk about a few quarterbacks very quickly. Quarterbacks, and it's going to sound obvious, but are clearly at risk of losing their starting job. Potentially, a Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, drew lock people want to mention him jimmy garoppolo beyond 2021 cam newton again that's kind of a varying scale there but if i can get a second for cam newton today i'm gonna pull that trigger i i don't think he is long for the starting job in new england but again if you see it differently that would make you and i a very nice trade partner there and then a player that i'm looking to acquire and dan i think you have something here but let me just say one more thing. Matthew Stafford is that one quarterback. Whether I'm rebuilding, whether I'm a contender, he's only going to be 33 years old. The guy is a freaking warrior. He is he is out there. That he doesn't want to be shut down this season. He's already come out and said it. And going into the 2021 season to be 33 years old, there are rumors potentially. And Mitch, you said it as well in one of our chats that you think he could be wanting to leave detroit so if that impacts his value at all if his age impacts his value maybe i can move a lock plus a piece for a stafford because i think i believe that stafford will have a starting job in the nfl longer than drew lock does than teddy bridgewater jimmy garoppolo so if i can add to any of them to upgrade and get stafford and i know what you're thinking john 33 year old quarterback entering the 2021 season why the heck would i want to throw him on a rebuild because you're going to be able to get a usable startable quarterback at a huge discount that is going to help push that rebuild along. In my opinion, that's just where I'm sitting here.
0: I'm with you on Stafford. Good point there. Um, Marty Herney was the Panthers. Herney, GM. Just, just, Herney. just to be specific oh. for our listeners there. No,
1: thank you. Um, thank you.
0: I think it's at some point and I, I haven't done the math yet and it, it's evaluating these quarterback situations, you know, whether it be Bridgewater or Cam Newton or Jimmy Garoppolo or, The Raiders pull a curveball with Derek Carr. You know, each of these teams is analyzing their situations and saying, hey, is there something better for us now on the market? And at some point, that market runs out. I think Jacoby Brissett and and Andy Dalton are are free agents. I don't know where teams stand on them. You know, Dalton's stock might be a little bit better. I'm not sure. But at some point, if it's not better, you're saying, you know what? I, I can't replace Cam Newton or I can't replace Jimmy Garoppolo because, you know what? These teams got us in the draft. Those free agents go elsewhere. And what I have with some continuity is better than what's out there. So that some of these guys are going to buy time, and some of them you're going to be spot on with John. And we just don't know who they are yet. So it'll be interesting to see how it how it plays out. It's it's Derek Carr last
1: year. It's mm-hmm. you know, Andy Dolan. Is he gonna find a starting job? And then he lands in Dallas. It's staying ahead of the curve, trying to to make educated decisions and guesses because that's what they are. Unless you were in those war rooms with these these GMs and these coaches and ownership, you're not going to obviously know 100%. But any other players here, Mitch, that you wanted to point out, or if you wanted to go back to the process, maybe something that you thought of as the show progressed?
2: Uh, one more player, and it's Antonio Brown, because he could be a really big addition So everyone right now, and this is why I'd want to do it right now in the next few weeks and try to go get him as soon as your trade deadline opens up. The reason for that is what if Godwin doesn't stay with the Buccaneers? What does that do to Antonio Brown's value if he signs on for just a one more year deal? I mean, he's an every week starter as a wide receiver too, probably at worst in your league. And so he's someone I'm willing to go out and pay as long as it's not you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, 21 first. That's what everyone says. But what if you end up having to move? Oh, I hate to pull just a, what if you moved Kareem Hunt for Antonio Brown plus like Kenyon Drake or something like that? You know what I mean? It's going to, I want, it's going to be hard to go out and just go out and get Antonio Brown. But if you could get him as a piece in a deal. I think he is a really good additional piece to have thrown in if there's someone else that you want.
1: How far off one way or the other do you think maybe like an Antonio Brown for Damien Harris?
2: Yeah, that's a great trade, I think, too.
1: So, uh, Kyle in the chat, Cam is done. I obviously agree with you there. I have one more player, and then, Dan, I'll turn it over to you before we hit up our final thoughts. A player that is going to be the what we saw at a Baker Mayfield's value in 2018, Kyler Murray in 2019 going, or you know, Baker Mayfield going to 2019, Kyler Murray coming to 2020 this year for me, I think that's going to be Tua. And I'm not saying the hype is, or is not warranted because clearly things didn't really pan out with the cost to acquire Baker Mayfield, the way it did with Kyler Murray. But you have to think they add a first round wide receiver. You have to think, and we thought this last year going in. Oh, they're gonna draft DeAndre Swift in the second round. And they, they they didn't target him or in the the end of the first, whatever that was. But we thought they were gonna attack the running back position and they didn't. But now there's talks about maybe it's Travis, maybe Travis Etienne maybe Najee Harris, you know, those those higher-end running backs, maybe one of, them, one of them landing in Miami. Now, if you have Devontae Parker, Preston Williams coming back, you add a wide receiver, you get two of all these weapons, you maybe improve that offensive line a little bit more. We've seen that his ceiling might be a little bit higher than people want to believe, and you're going to have additional hype because of the pieces around him. And then once all this comes to fruition... If you have two on your roster and you're like, okay, maybe, maybe the price is at the point now where I can really profit off of this hype, do it. I'm not saying you have to go into 2021 with him on your roster, but when you look at two of this season, he is seventh in terms of adjusted completion percentage since week 13. It's a really small sample size, but coming back from the injury after Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, took over their middle of the season and we didn't see two at a start the season, but then also Another thing with Tua, he's the only quarterback this season with at least 200 dropbacks that has not thrown an interception in a clean pocket. I know that starts to get really specific. You know, he hasn't thrown an interception in a clean pocket when there's a full moon that night, over 47 degrees Fahrenheit. But if they can improve that offensive line and get him a clean pocket, he's able to make good decisions. And I just think Tua is a guy, I you could get Tua plus for Burrow still you can get Tua plus for Herbert. So if you do believe in Tua, that's just a move that I think would be very intriguing.
0: Yeah, I love the direction Miami's and yeah, Oh, in. the mute, the mute elf went over there. What? I, I can, can hear it.
1: Oh, my headphones are uh, sh- uh, John switched James to y- AirPods for this
2: episode. And I was giving him crap. He was like,
1: Whoa. no, no,
0: I don't like the wires. Lo and behold. I was wondering how they'd work. We'll carry we'll carry JB here while he's having technical difficulties for our listeners. So I do like JB's take on uh, Tua, Mitch. Now that we've kicked J- JB off the show tonight, um, Miami's trending up. I think last year when we were hoping they would get Swift or a running back or weapons, I think he knew what he was doing building that organization. You know, they built that defense first. They started on the line. They have more work to do on the O line, like like JB said but they're going in the right direction. So now, and I think they were hoping they'd have Preston Williams and, and that was an injury. They didn't anticipate, but uh, if they get him more weapons. Uh, he'll be a good, uh, a good pickup.
1: I think so. I think John's a little worried right now. No, 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 no. I, I'm good. And you might get some feedback here and I apologize. I'm running with no, no.
2: no have headphones here.
1: Here. So if you guys are talking at the remain through the remain, now I'm frazzled, but if you guys are talking through the remainder of this episode, I'm going to be putting myself on mute. So Mitch, did you have something? No, that was perfect. You guys summed it up. I want Tua. I don't care what his price is. I'm willing to go out and get him now.
0: We're with you, JB, and Tua.
1: All right. I just think that we will see that potential spike in value, but of course, uh, you know, uh, po- just potential moves, early off-season processes that we're looking at. And again, this is if your trade deadline is being lifted. You know, it it came and it's gone and trading is open back up after week 16 because all the time people you saw with Jalen Hurts, for example, man, I wish I could trade in my league because I'd be shopping him around. And it kind of goes both ways there. But Dan, Christmas final thoughts coming up here. Final thoughts. (laughs) I didn't mean to cut you off. Dan, what are you going? That was perfect.
0: I loved it. Well, I, I will just incorporate some pass catchers that I had in our remaining notes before we get to our final thoughts. Maybe we can do a final thoughts take too. I'm not sure, but just can take our listeners home with some pass catchers. Everyone this week on Twitter, I noticed, was like, you know, hopping on the Lawrence sweepstakes and, and posting pictures of LaVisca Chanel as like this big winner, which I agree. I love LaVisca, and I, I think he needs someone to, to throw him the ball, but no one's talking about DJ Chark, man. Like it's all LaVisca and not Shark. And I've been watching these Jaguars games and they're like throwing it over Shark's head. He's getting open. He's getting the air yards. So I love DJ Shark, man. And, and he's a guy that's just young and obtainable, you know, looking again, if I need to improve the wide receiver position and I'm saying, hey, who could I get that I'm not going to have to pay a King's ransom that could be a wide receiver one type, it would be DJ Shark for me. And then of course, John, I need one homer pick on my list. And, and that's going to be McCall Hardman. I think he's got to get stronger. I think he's got to get more consistent with his hands, but he just flashes, man. He's so fast. And Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson are both free agents. If they let them go, I mean, that just more opportunity arises there for him. And God forbid if if Tyreek Hill's ever out, I just think he's going to continue to grow and develop into his body and become a better receiver. So he, he's just another dart throw guy that I like to get on rosters. And my last one. Would be Mr. Dawson Knox just just to get something from the tight end pool of an ugly tight end year. Uh, just for, you know, there was a couple leagues where I was looking at you know my tight end depth down the stretch, and I just stumbled across some articles and reading about Knox, how disappointed he was in his season, how hard he's working, and he just wasn't able to get healthy. And then their head coach says, "Hey, we we, we believe in him. He's he's had some tough breaks. He's going to get a chance to prove himself down the stretch." He was just about ready to break out, or like actually get like quality playing time, and then he got COVID, or you know he was you know out with that. Then he came back, and then he scored in every game since he's been back. I'm just watching how they're using using him. I just think that offense is so explosive. That he's that kind of guy that could get you a touchdown in any week, and he's still young. So he, he's just another guy that I think a good roster addition.
1: And two names really quickly before we do final thoughts, take two that somebody mentioned in the chat and I think they're good names because it falls in the category of impending free agents, Mike Williams, not the, the dead cap situation there. So he's not a free agent after 2020, but I don't believe there's any dead cap in Curtis Samuel. He's another name. <clears throat> What's going to happen in Carolina with that wide receiver core. It's going to be interesting. All right. Take two
2: final thoughts.
1: All right. So Dan just went through all of his wide receivers through in his Homer, me, Cole Hardman pick. So Mitch, I want to start with you. What are your final thoughts for our listeners? Last week, Championship Sunday coming up.
2: So this has been a hot topic on Twitter today, and it's
1: leaving a
2: dynasty league and you're going to orphan. And I just want to let everybody know, like it's completely cool to orphan a team. No one's going to hate on you for it. It's when you do it in a really bad manner, like you do a really bad trade and you're just like, fine, I quit and you walk away. Or if you join... 10 new leagues, you dump all 10 just to join another 10 here in the next few months. That's the issue. No one is going to hate on you. If you're not not having fun in a league, then go ahead and find a different league that you might enjoy because someone else can be brought into that league and maybe they'll enjoy that group of owners more than you are right now.
1: I like that. And there are people, commissioners, they've come out and they've tweeted and they've said, you know, people that have a lot of leagues that they run. And they've said they like whenever people leave the leagues mm-hmm. because it, in, it injects new life into a league and more moves are made because now you're trying to get people and players on your roster that you believe in as opposed to the players that you're taking over. And I've left leagues before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, Mitch, I think you've you've left a few. You know, when I left, it wasn't a fun league. There was no engagement. One, there was no group chat. And then another one that I plan on leaving this year, it's a $10 league on sleeper. I kept my picks and I let the commissioner know going into 2020 that I was going to ride it out for this season and move on after the season. But if you're not for one reason or another, having fun with a league, I think it's okay to move on. Dan, what are your final thoughts for the listeners with your Cowboys Christmas hat on?
0: Short and sweet, man. Three sleeps to Christmas, a.k.a. Championship Week. Do not forget at 4.30 on Christmas, the Vikings are playing New Orleans. So if, if your significant other has your uh, Christmas day all booked up, please make sure your lineups are good to go for Championship Week with that u- unique Christmas game. And then there's, I think, two, three on Saturday and then our Sunday slate.
1: I hope some family members are not listening to this. And I said to you guys off the air – that I'm, I I always look forward to the holidays, but this year in particular, because everything going on, some of our activities have been cut down and I don't necessarily mind it. So I'm okay with that. But as always, we want to thank everybody for tuning in, find the show, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynasty theory, FF stay safe, be kind to each other. And if you celebrate Merry Christmas, have a great night.